Section 8 of History of Henry IV, King of France and Navarre by John Stevens Cabot Abbott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 3, The Marriage, Part 2. Peace being thus apparently restored, the young Prince of Navarre now returned to his hereditary domains and visited its various provinces, where he was received with the most lively demonstrations of affection. Various circumstances, however, indicated to the Protestant leaders that some mysterious and treacherous plot was forming for their destruction. The Protestant gentlemen absented themselves consequently from the court of Charles the Ninth. The king and his mother were mortified by these evidences that their perfidy was suspected. Jeanne, with her son, after visiting her subjects in all parts of her own dominions, went to Rochelle, where they were joined by many of the most illustrious of their friends. Large numbers gathered around them, and the court of the Queen of Navarre was virtually transferred to that place. Thus there were two rival courts side by side in the same kingdom. Catherine, with her courtiers, exhibited boundless luxury and voluptuousness at Paris. Jeanne d'Albret at Rochelle embellished her court with all that was noble in intellect, elegant in manners, and pure in morals. Catherine and her submissive son, Charles the Ninth left nothing untried to lure the Protestants into a false security. Jeanne scrupulously requited the courtesies she received from Catherine, though she regarded with much suspicion the adulation and sycophancy of her proud hostess. The young king of France, Charles the Ninth, who was of about the same age with Henry and who had been his companion and playmate in childhood, was now married to Elizabeth the daughter of the emperor maximilian the second of austria their nuptials were celebrated with all the ostentatious pomp which the luxury of the times and the opulence of the french monarchy could furnish in these rejoicings the courts of france and navarre participated with the semblance of the most heartfelt cordiality protestants and catholics pretending to forget that they had recently encountered each other with fiend-like fury in fields of blood mingled gaily in these festivities and vied with each other in the exchange of courtly greetings and polished flatteries. Catherine and Charles the Ninth lavished with the utmost profusion their commendations and attentions upon the young Prince of Navarre, and left no arts of dissimulation unassayed which might disarm the fears and win the confidence of their victims. The Queen Mother, with caressing fondness, declared that Henry must be her son. She would confer upon him Margaret, her youngest daughter this princess had now become a young lady beautiful in the extreme and highly accomplished in all those graces which can kindle the fires and feed the flames of passion but she was also as devoid of principle as any male libertine who contaminated by his presence a court whose very atmosphere was corruption many persons of royal blood had most earnestly sought the hand of this princess for an alliance with the royal family of france was an honour which the proudest sovereigns might covet such a connection in its political aspects was everything henry could desire it would vastly augment the consideration and the power of the young prince and would bring him a long step nearer to the throne of france the protestants were all intensely interested in this match as it would invest one destined soon to become their most prominent leader with a new ability to defend their rights and to advocate their cause. It is a singular illustration of the hopeless corruption of the times 
that the notorious profligacy of margaret seems to have been considered even by henry himself as no obstacle to the union a royal marriage is ordinarily but a matter of state policy upon the cold and icy eminence of kingly life the flowers of sympathy and affection rarely bloom henry without hesitation acquiesced in the expediency of this nuptial alliance he regarded it as manifestly a very politic partnership and did not concern himself in the least about the agreeable or disagreeable qualities of his contemplated spouse he had no idea of making her his companion much less his friend she was to be merely his wife jeanne d'albret however a woman of sincere piety and in whose bosom all noble thoughts were nurtured cherished many misgivings her protestant principles caused her to shrink from the espousals of her son with a roman catholic her religious scruples and the spotless purity of her character aroused the most lively emotions of repugnance in view of her son's connection with one who had not even the modesty to conceal her vices state considerations however finally prevailed and john waiving her objections consented to the marriage she yielded however with the greatest reluctance to the unceasing importunities of her friends they urged that this marriage would unite the two parties in a solid peace and thus protect the protestants from persecution and rescue france from unutterable woe even the admiral coligny was deceived but the result proved in this case as in every other that it is never safe to do evil that good may come if any fact is established under the government of god it is this the queen of navarre in her extreme repugnance to this match remarked i would choose to descend to the condition of the poorest damsel in france rather than sacrifice to the grandeur of my family my own soul and that of my son with consummate perjury charles the ninth declared i give my sister in marriage not only to the prince of navarre but as it were to the whole protestant party this will be the strongest and closest bond for the maintenance of peace between my subjects and a sure evidence of my good will toward the protestants thus influenced this noble woman consented to the union she then went to blois to meet catherine and the king they received her with exuberant displays of love the foolish king quite overacted his part calling her his great aunt his all his best beloved as the queen of navarre retired for the night charles said to catherine laughing well mother what do you think of it do i play my little part well yes said catherine encouragingly very well but it is of no use unless it continues allow me to go on said the king and you will see that i shall ensnare them the young princess margaret heartless proud and petulant received the cold addresses of henry with still more chilling indifference she refused to make even the slightest concessions to his religious views and though she made no objections to the decidedly political partnership she very ostentatiously displayed her utter disregard for henry and his friends the haughty and dissolute beauty was piqued by the reluctance which jeanne had manifested to an alliance which margaret thought should have been regarded as the very highest of all earthly honours preparations were however made for the marriage ceremony which was to be performed in the french capital with unexampled splendour the most distinguished gentlemen of the protestant party nobles statesmen warriors from all parts of the realm were invited to the metropolis 
to add lustre to the festivities by their presence many however of the wisest counsellors of the queen of navarre deeply impressed with a conviction of the utter perfidy of catherine and apprehending some deep-laid plot remonstrated against the acceptance of the invitations presaging that if the wedding were celebrated in paris the liveries would be very crimson jeanne solicited by the most pressing letters from catherine and her son charles the ninth and urged by her courtiers who were eager to share the renowned pleasures of the french metropolis proceeded to paris she had hardly entered the sumptuous lodgings provided for her on the court of catherine when she was seized with a violent fever which raged in her veins nine days and then she died in death she manifested the same faith and fortitude which had embellished her life not a murmur or a groan escaped her lips in the most violent paroxysms of pain she had no desire to live except from maternal solicitude for her children henry and catherine but god said she will be their father and protector as he has been mine in my greatest afflictions i confide them to his providence she died in june fifteen seventy two in the forty-fourth year of her age catherine exhibited the most ostentatious and extravagant demonstrations of grief charles gave utterance to loud and poignant lamentations and ordered a surgeon to examine the body that the cause of her death might be ascertained notwithstanding these efforts to allay suspicion the report spread like wildfire through all the departments of france and all the protestant countries of europe that the queen had been perfidiously poisoned by catherine the protestant writers of the time assert that she fell a victim to poison communicated by a pair of perfumed gloves the catholics as confidently affirm that she died of a natural disease the truth can now never be known till the secrets of all hearts shall be revealed at the judgment day End of section eight.